time to present Scott DuPont to bring you another episode of Finance Your Movie with tips and strategies to help you get your money to tell your story. It's time! So I'm here with John Gossier, founder and CEO of Film Hedge and South Box. Uh, we're here to talk about Film Hedge specifically today. John is a true entrepreneur helping other filmmakers, even if you live outside of Hollywood. And the last two years, he's executive produced several different films. So welcome, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I got to ask, this is kind of interesting. Years ago, you were working at Tyler Perry Studios for Tyler, right? When he was just getting going there in Atlanta? Yeah, yeah, I met Tyler uh, back when he was working on his first movie, I think around 2004, 2005. Uh, I was uh, working at a recording studio called Doppler. And um, a couple of years later, he uh, or someone from his team reached out and asked me to come be part of the, the original staff at Tyler Perry Studios in 2006. Amazing. And how long were you there? A few years, right? I was there until 2008, so about two years. Any, any takeaways or any valuable lessons you learned about how he structures his budgets and makes film uh, apparently pretty frugally as opposed to the <laughs> Hollywood system? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's a secret that uh, Tyler and his team work very hard. I think that's probably the, at the root of it all is they, they work a lot harder in, in, um, in, way, in ways that are uh, sometimes uh, kind of hard to believe that uh, result in a, 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 um, uh, you know, just more output. Um, I think one of the things that he, 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 one of the reasons why I surmise that he does that is because he came from a world where you produce plays, right? And you produce plays with, uh, 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 you know, the cast of the play. You only have a couple of dress rehearsals. You, you know, you, you've got to be very efficient with your time uh, when, when everything is live. And so I, 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 I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that when he came into the production world, he kind of brought that mentality with him. It's like, what do you mean we're going to, you know, shoot this one episode for the next two weeks. Yeah. We're going to shoot this episode today and maybe yeah. tomorrow, and then we're going to do the next episode. And, you know, he's very efficient with his time, and his time is money. And so um, I think that's paid dividends for him over his career. Excellent. And uh, speaking of money, so you came up with this idea to Film Hedge uh, to help filmmakers that to bridge a gap or to help them get over the finish line or put the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, what, what was the genesis for that, to, to starting that company? Yeah, uh, so with Film Hedge, um, uh, we actually started it to, I was kind of solving my own problem as a film investor or more importantly, a film lender. And so um, I did a couple of movies back in 2018 where I was co-financing movies um, and in doing those movies, I learned um, that uh, one of the reasons why investors stay out of the film and TV space as a, as a sort of investment asset class is because, one, they, don't, they either don't understand it, two, they're afraid of it because they hear all these horror stories about losing money or never seeing returns, or three, they just don't trust the process. And, and all 
three are for very good reasons. Um, I think the uh, film finance industry has been fairly opaque for the past hundred years. Um, I only learned the space by doing it. You know, as I was doing deals, yeah. I started to see where parts of the process were inefficient or broken or disjointed. And so being a software guy, um, my mind and, and an entrepreneur, my mind immediately was, how do I solve those problems in this space? And so we created Film Hedge to first solve problems for film investors. How do we make it more efficient, more transparent, and more reliable for them to allocate capital to film and TV assets? And, and um, less risk if you put it together the right way, right? Exactly right. And, and so we do that in a couple of ways. So when it comes to risk, uh, it's all about, for, for Film Hedge, it's all about debt financing. Debt is inherently more secure than equity because with debt, you are, uh, there's a backstop. You're secured against something. You know that um, at the very least, there's some form of collateral that is securing the loan, whether it's a personal guarantee, corporate guarantee, or whether it's media assets like, tax credits or pre-sales or foreign sales or, or um, agreements with like a Netflix or whoever. Um, on the equity side, uh, equity gives uh, 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 producers way more freedom with their time and, their, and, and how they use that money. It gives them more discretion, which is why they like it. But the risk of that for an investor is if the filmmaker never delivers, there's very little recourse on the equity side, where there's a lot of recourse on the debt side. A lot of filmmakers look at that as, um, as a problem. They're like, well, what if I can't deliver the film? It's like, well, that shouldn't be uh, uh, the number one, your con number one concern as a filmmaker if you've got investors. Your, your main concern should be, how do I deliver this film with what I've got? And so I think that um, uh, debt protects everyone in, certain, in some ways. And then also one thing that filmmakers have to remember when you're selling equity, you're selling future revenue in your own production. You're giving it up, uh, you know, proportionate to whatever people are putting in as equity. So even though it gives you more freedom, you're giving up more of your potential earnings later. Whereas with debt, you've got less freedom up front, but you've got way more freedom in the back end, meaning you're more profitable. You aren't giving up your future revenue and so forth. So that's kind of the two differences. And, and obviously there's all sorts of things in between mezzanine financing and so forth, where it's a little bit of both. So, so let's, let's walk our audience through a very simple model, step-by-step. Step. And let, let's just say, because um, a lot of my clients and a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're doing micro budgets, 1,500,000, 000, all the way up to 2 million. But let's just say someone has a million dollar budget. So they're clearly over the 500K threshold where they can get some tax credits back from a state like Georgia. And so let's just say out of that million dollars, they've raised $100,000 in equity. So they have 100,000 cash before they come to you. They've got realistically maybe 250,000 in tax credits from the state of Georgia. Might be closer to 200, but they've got some piece of that. So where would you fit in? And, yeah, great, and what, great, what else would they need in that example? Yeah, so great example. So you just outlined a, scenario, a hypothetical scenario where you've got $100,000 in what we call hard money, that's your equity, and then you've got $250,000 in soft money, that's the tax credits. Uh, they call it soft money because uh, you don't actually get that money while you're making the production uh, happen. The state basically says, 
once you spend a certain amount of dollars in the state, you can prove it. We will then credit this money back to you in the form of a tax credit. Um, and so um, one area where Film Hedge comes in is turning that soft money into hard money. So you, um, the filmmaker who has the tax credit, that's great, but that's not going to help you pay payroll. It's not going to help you rent camera equipment, all that kind of stuff. So you come to um, groups like Film Hedge, and there's many others that do this, um, to monetize that tax credit. And so we'll give you something like uh, upwards of 90 cents uh, on the dollar for the tax credit. So if it's a $250,000 tax credit, we might give you $225,000 cash that you can use to make your movie. We are backstopped by the tax credit. We know that the state is eventually going to pay that out, and eventually that those proceeds come back to us. But for now, we're advancing you, um, you know, whatever uh, portion. Two, of that two, let's say two twenty-five. That's huge yeah. because that yeah. cash can go towards the actual production. Exactly, and so now you've got three hundred twenty-five thousand um, dollars. It's not three fifty, but it's three twenty-five, mm -hmm. and um, and now you got to fill out the rest of what they call your capital stack. And uh, the way that a lot of filmmakers will do that is once they've got uh, the tax credits and they've got their equity and they monetize the tax credits, then they will go and either try to raise more equity, or they'll uh, if if they have the right connections and the right relationships, they'll go to uh, a sales agent and maybe try to get pre-sales. Or they'll go to with some names attached if they're lucky enough, right? Exactly. Or they might have used that 325 to get the names attached and to, you know, put a deposit on some A-list actor. Then you go to a sales agent and say, "Hey, I've got so and so. Here's the movie. We've got most of the budget, or we've got a four, uh, three quarters of the budget covered. Um, uh, sorry, one quarter of the budget covered, and we are looking for um, uh, uh, pre-sales." Um, essentially um, estimations of how this movie is going to perform in the market. Once you get those pre-sales, there are other groups, Film Hedge included, that will treat those as cash. So let's say they come back and they say, well, this million dollar movie, we think it's going to do $5 million in sales in these markets all around the country, and, or if it's foreign sales around the world. Uh, well, groups like Film Hedge and Bonded and, and many others in the industry will take those pre-sale uh, uh, estimations and we will use a portion of them as, um, as, a, as a backstop. So basically saying- So we you have that paper, you have that paper and you give the filmmaker once again, cash to put towards his movie. Exactly right. And so we, we basically, we know that the sales agents tend to know what they're doing. And so we'll take their estimations, we'll discount them a little bit and, and we'll, uh, we'll either advance against all of their estimations or portion of it. So, so let me ask you this. Let's just say um, that someone has the tax credit. We'll use the same example so we're not diverging from that. <laughs> and someone gets really, really lucky. They get a couple big names attached. Let's just say the value is three to five million, but you're playing it really, really safe. Conservatively, you could circle back and maybe give them six, seven hundred thousand in cash because you've got that paper. Is there a certain amount of the overall million dollar budget that you're willing to finance? Because obviously the filmmaker has to have some kind of hard cash skin in the game, right? 
Yeah, so um, for us, um, because we are, um, we're more in the business of mitigating risk for film and media investors than we are in the business of helping filmmakers get financed, if that makes sense. Yes. So we'll never 100% finance anything. Um, and that's because we don't want ourselves and the people who work with us to have all the risk. And yeah. so we'll... Um, but would you go 70%, 60%? Um, I would say um, it's always a debate in-house. We started off doing only 20% of the total budget, and that was a, a hard cap. But as we've grown, we've, we've now scaled our ability to fund pretty significantly. Um, and so the, that percentage has gone up. So I would say maybe 50% is where we feel comfortable as long as okay. we're located. That, that's, well, that's pretty strong. I mean, that's, that's half a million dollars. And I guess... A big part of it is really just you and your your team. You're evaluating the film, and you kind of go with your gut feeling because you you, you got to assess the risk, right? Yeah, I mean, in, in in this example, it's half a million dollars for a million dollar film. But uh, the reason why we kind of cap it at fifty is fifty um, percent is let's say we're talking about a thirty million dollar film. Now we're talking about fifteen million dollars of thirty. Yeah. And so we we that's that's a lot more money out the door and you know we wouldn't want to be exposed to the full 30 so we would cap it at, at 15. Yeah some some of the clients that are uh, approaching you now I'm guessing that some are in the southeast or the Atlanta Georgia area where the the business is booming um, what what kind of budget films are you seeing that approach you like a million two million five million seven million well, so one, we're not limited to the Southeast. We serve the global market, um, mainly uh, U.S. domestic, but we're starting to do more international. Uh, two, 3% of all production shooting in Georgia right now have approached Film Hedge for Capital. Um, wow. That's, um, and that's up significantly. It used to be zero, and hopefully in a couple of months, it'll, it'll go up even more. Um, and I think that is a testament to the fact that there's so few uh, film and TV finance resources, dedicated resources that um, are here in the in the uh, Atlanta, in the greater Georgia area. Um, yes, you have City National, you've got a couple of private equity firms, but um, a group like Film Hedge, really, you only see groups like us on the West Coast. And uh, I think uh, having Film Hedge here has helped the market, or we hope it's helping the market. Um, and then uh, the last part of your question, what size budgets do we see? Um, the average uh, film budget that Film Hedge sees is, um, I would say, you know, this, our sweet spot is probably five to 30 million. Um, we will do projects that are a uh, million uh, uh, plus. We won't go under a million total budget. Um, and that's for a number of reasons. Which yeah. But we also see much bigger projects. Like we've seen a couple of hundred million dollar films. Um, and uh, we, we aren't able to fund everything that comes through our door, but the fact that um, the market is open enough and people are looking for capital enough that they find their way to us, there's been um, a huge validation point for us to expand our ability to lend. That's fantastic. And it's, it's kind of cool for a filmmaker to call up uh, a small organization like you, talk to you directly versus walking into a huge bank where it's almost like they're, they're talking to you a bureaucracy. And, and I, I would think you guys would be a little bit more understanding. Obviously you got to do the deal. It's right, but that's yeah. kind of cool 
having a, a, a name and a face in a small organization like yourself that's film friendly? That's exactly right. And I mean, there's a couple of things that we have done to help filmmakers. One, we try to be fast. So uh, we try to give an assessment as to whether it's even some, well, the first assessment is automated. Uh, you go to our site, you fill out a form, um, it gets advanced to our team with um, all the things we need to know as to whether or not we can do it or not. Um, a lot of deals come to us organically. Uh, so emailing me, you know, I get cold calls all the time, but the other day I got pitched in the middle of the street. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, but the formula, our internal formula is pretty simple. We look for a certain amount of equity. We look for a certain amount of what we call collateral. So deals that you've done that can serve as our backstop as lenders. Um, and if none of those things are in place, I'll just tell people, it's like, hey, look, we're, this is too early for us. And um, a lot of filmmakers are ultimately looking for equity. So as soon as they find out it's debt, you know, I let them know that up front. And so that if they're not looking for debt, they can just kind of move on. But um, so one, we try to be fast with our assessment. Two, we try to be fast with deploying the actual capital. Um, whereas working with some of the institutional banks, it can take upwards of three months to get through their diligence process, their review, wow. and to actually have cash in the bank. And then three, we never take uh, any, we're never trying to impose ourselves on your creative uh, uh, decision-making as a producer. Um, so uh, a lot of the banks, a lot of the private equity firms that fund in this space, even the ones that are only doing debt, um, they want to live vicariously through the producer. So they, you know, they start uh, trying showing to up change. on set. Yeah. Like, Hey, what about this actress? Or I'm going to be on set and I'm going to, yeah. you know, and uh, we don't do that. I've, I've been to of the movies that I financed. I've only been to set once and it was only because it was in Lithuania and I was excited to go to Lithuania. Oh, that's kind of um, cool. Yeah. And, uh, and I was literally there for one day and I left because um, it's just not, I, I don't see it as my role. It's like my role yeah fund the producer trust them let them do what they do and and hopefully they um do what they're supposed to do and then they pay us back well that that's your that's your incentive right so once you you know lend lend somebody two or three hundred thousand dollars maybe on a one million dollar film if that's the example uh you're you're rooting for that film to get picked up not not any points or back end you just want to get your money back Exactly, exactly. And, yeah, and we feel uh, one of the reasons why Film Hedge doesn't take back end points because we get offered all the time, but we feel it's a fair trade because the other thing, if like, for, I mean, this is a film finance podcast, so I'm gonna go a little deeper. Um, we're always uh, first position, we're always uh, secured debt. So that means we get paid before everyone, uh, we're secured by something that can pay us out if God forbid the film doesn't get made. And, um, and then we're also, um, first in, uh, first out, first in, uh, first in, first out or last in, first out, but we're always out before the film is ever seen by anyone. Yeah. Which, which is great because like you said, at the beginning of this podcast, the filmmaker is able to maintain more equity, more ownership points once yes. they pay you back. Yeah. And so, um, our interest rates, uh, so because it's debt. We're always charging interest. Um, the interest rates vary. They can be as low as single digits, or it can be as high as double digits. And the reason why, uh, you know, people always ask me, 
why would experienced producers who've done lots of movies pay double digit interest? And I'm like, you're thinking about debt as, as if it's like a, 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 a loan from a bank for, you know, a small business. And you're thinking about these interest rates being predatory because they're accruing monthly. The first thing about our interest is it doesn't accrue. The interest is flat and fixed on the amount that we give you. So if it's a million dollar loan and it's 15%, it's $150,000. That's it. You know, it doesn't go up and it doesn't accrue uh, over the, you know, the first couple of months that you have it. It's like as soon as you take out the loan, you know exactly what you owe. Um, that's important for filmmakers because then they can write it into their budgets. Yeah, and yeah. They know it won't change. And so it makes it really easy for them to account for. Uh, the other reason why they'll pay is because an experienced producer knows that that $150,000 is way cheaper than taking $150,000 in equity, which would represent what, uh, you know, almost 20% of their- Yeah, 20 point, yeah, 20, yeah. 20 or more, yeah. Yeah, and so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's significantly cheaper for them in the long run. And uh, experienced producers think about the, like the big picture the, yeah, uh, the big yeah. picture of making pictures, uh, uh, inexperienced producers are thinking about this one film and how to save money, almost like, you know, they can't see the big picture. And I yeah. understand that, but it's, it's ultimately better for them. So what, what's the best way for people to apply this, this portal you're talking about, the, uh, the website? Yeah, so uh, we are, our website is filmhedge.com. Anyone can go there, and normally they can apply. We're about to relaunch it, so the form is down. If you have a project right now, you can just email me, j-o-n at filmhedge.com. We're filmhedge on Instagram and Twitter as well. And so any of those channels work. Uh, we do take cold solicitations. Um, if we don't get back to you, it's, it's usually because it went to spam or you know whatever, um, but our criteria is pretty standard. Um, you know, it's uh, do you, I mean the the best thing a filmmaker can do to save themselves time? Have you applied for tax credits? That's the lowest hanging fruit. Uh, if you haven't gotten that far, it means you're probably too early. Do you have at least 10% equity in the door, cash, and you're already putting that money out to make this movie uh, as far as development goes? Uh, then that would be a, a, a pre-qualifier for us. Um, and then uh, if you have things like a minimum guarantee, pre-sales, foreign sales, a little bit more advanced, but if you have those things, uh, absolutely, we can monetize them. Awesome. Well, it's, it's a fantastic service you're doing. You're helping a lot of filmmakers. I met some of them there uh, at the Georgia Hollywood Review uh, event last week. Um, thank you so much for being on the show. Any uh, words of wisdoms, any parting advice you would like to share since you're a filmmaker yourself for people out there trying to look for the equity, trying to look for the cash? Um, it's hard. So <laughs> no, uh, I don't have honest. Any, uh, yeah, honest. it's an honest assessment. But what, what I'll say to, to your audience, what I said to you the other day, one of my favorite books uh, that got me into the film world was a book called Cinema of Outsiders. Um, it's an older book. It came out in the late 90s because it was out when I was in film school and that was the late 90s. Uh, but it talks about how folks like Kevin Smith, Spike Lee, uh, Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, how they financed their first movies. And it was really inspirational for me. So love that book. Awesome. Well, John, thanks again. And uh, go to filmhedge.com when you got all those, all your ducks in a row and, uh, 
never know. John might just be able to help you and give you a few Benjamins. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, it's time! There's never been a better time to make your own indie film. And if you have a dream project you're excited about and 100% committed to getting it funded, go to financeyourmovie.com and click on the green telephone button. You'll see our calendar, and if you find an open spot, grab it. You'll get a one-on-one call with me or one of my partners. It will be the best hour you've ever spent getting clarity and strategy towards financing your movie. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.